Hi everyone, I'm Deputy Editor Lorraine Lawson and welcome to The Buzz from Fake Automation News, where we explore how automation and emerging technology is transforming the banking industry. This is our weekly wrap for what's happening in the industry this week. I'm pleased to be joined by Associate Editors Aaron Marsh and Elijah Poindexter. It is January 7th, 2022, and this week we looked at predictions for 2022, including the fact that banks are using outdated processes that could draw bigger fines in 2022. Aaron, you covered that story and you specifically mentioned how spreadsheet use to manually handle banking tasks may lead to big trouble for banks. And that struck me because even though it's a spreadsheet, data folks often joke that Excel is the world's most popular database. So how can spreadsheets and other manual processes lead to trouble with regulators? Well, Lorraine, it, it basically comes down to those manual inputs and manual processes. And this is, this is largely from a conversation I had uh, with, uh, with Bikram Singh, and he is CEO of EasyOps, all right? Now they get in, uh, work mainly with like large banks, larger banks, and they um, automate processes. So this is what they see. Um, and, and to quote him, you know, we're talking about like spreadsheet use. Um, you know, he said, you know, I want to I want to read this because these are the repetitive tasks, low value tasks that have been done historically in X, in Excel and Microsoft Access databases. Things that are very error prone, not scalable, and are often bringing down the entire client service experience, delaying things like um, opening new accounts and onboarding um, new members and things like this. So. These, you know, these are still very widely used processes, but they've been, you know, being phased out over a number of years now. Um, but they still remain pretty popular. And there's an awful lot of manual data entry. There's a lot of um, it, it takes. First of all, it's very time consuming, um, but it also opens you up for a lot of errors. So what we're seeing um, is that, you know, last year as well, there were some uh, some signals from regulators from from FDIC as well as the OCC. Um, that they are concerned about these legacy systems and processes at banks, you know, being now mainly they're looking at it more from like an IT vulnerability, like a security vulnerability standpoint. But they're they're honing in on these old kind of outdated manual uh, heavy and intensive processes that uh, that can lead to trouble. And so if you're using these for like business and accounting um, purposes, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you have like a, a, you know, a data error of some kind, a reporting error, um, and now you've got someone that comes down, a regulatory authority, they're going to see that. And the prediction here from, uh, from Mr. Singh at uh, EasyOps is, that, look, here's what we're seeing from the banks that we're, we're working with. They have changed these processes, but, you know, we're seeing if there are problems of this nature, um, they tend to kind of be made and they, they keep coming back. They keep kind of rearing their ugly head. And he's saying, well, I think what we're going to see is like five times, 500 percent um, larger potential fines for these kinds of errors at banks, um, you know, particularly as the like repeat um, circumstances, repeat offenses. So, you know, this isn't in the story. I think sometimes we like to talk about what didn't make it into the story. Um, we're, so, we're still sort of this is a wait and see kind of thing to see what happens in 2022 in U.S. regulators um, views and, and their uh, standpoint on this issue, but we did just see in December um, from the Bank of England, it's their prudential regulatory authority, and they came down with a pretty heavy fine uh, that amounts to around $60 million, um, that's the dollar equivalent, uh, for standard chartered bank, and it really stemmed from 
uh, a spreadsheet error. And, and you know, some their, their subsequent cooperation with authorities, they, they cited as well. But it was basically a spreadsheet error, and it comes down to 60 million uh, pounds as, as a fine, or 60 million dollars, rather. So, you know, it, it sort of becomes, and, and I raised this in a posting, it, it becomes this issue of, um, look, we better, we better see if we've got some of these old processes in place and look to invest and upgrade them um, or pay that out in fines. You know, your choice. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because there are business cases for moving off spreadsheets as well. For instance, if someone leaves, you may not have access to their spreadsheet or may not have even known they were using a spreadsheet for that process. Or the other problem that uh, it, it represents for IT is that they become little data silos where people are keeping valuable business information locked away on their desktop in a spreadsheet. Um, so there are valid reasons, but hopefully maybe that'll put some pressure on people to go ahead and move on for automation, um, automate some of these tasks instead of relying on spreadsheets. To okay. right, Lauren. Yeah, so uh, another trend that we reported on this, this week uh, is or cloud and banking. Elijah, you looked at that. What did you find? Yeah, so there are several trends going on right now in you know, the core and cloud uh, banking space, as you would probably assume. Uh, and one of the biggest ones we noticed uh, you know, during the article this week was uh, self-service. Now, self-service uh, for you know, digital banking is something that I think a lot of people may think, I mean, we might be at the final frontier because it seems like every day, every other week, something new is coming out and it's like, okay, it's, it's almost like they can't innovate any further, but that's certainly not the case. I spoke with plenty of people on the topic over the past couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, we're moving in a lot of different directions with the, uh, with, with digital banking self-service, uh, online account origination. That's a big one. So, you know, in some instances it can take up to two hours just to set up a checking account. And this is not pre COVID. This is right now you go into your, go into your local uh, brick and mortar bank, say, I want to set up a checking and a savings account, you could be out two hours. Well, speaking with a couple people, one of them being uh, Gio Mastronardi, uh, who is at CSI, uh, the IT consultancy, he says that um, online account and loan origination is certainly in the cards. It's certainly a big play for 2021. You will not have to go to a bank for anything in that area, which is certainly exciting uh, because contactless, both for navigating the pandemic and also for the fact that people want convenience. People want convenience, and this is a surefire way to deal with that. So people could live in an area for five, 10 years, you know, start an account, go through the whole rigmarole, and then exit the account once they leave the area and not one step into the physical you know, brick-and-mortar location. So that's super interesting, and that also applies to loan origination as well. Uh, and then another thing is detailed card controls. So you know, I remember a time, and I'm sure a lot of, a lot of our listeners do as well, when if something was going on with your card, you know, fraud, or if there's an overdraft you didn't know about, it would be days before you could resolve it, especially if it was over a long weekend or a holiday. No longer. 2022 is going to be a year where really detailed, uh, you know, self-service card controls come into play. So you may have the full toolkit that, you know, somebody working in the anti-fraud or the anti-money laundering or the security uh, and risk department at your local bank, you might have that full toolkit moving forward at your fingertips so that if something happens and you know, you're notified of it or you find out about it, you immediately have the opportunity to kind of go in and deal with that. So that's super exciting. Um, and then another thing, of course, is microservices. So you know, AWS says that FIs are deploying microservices on the cloud and Oracle. 
Uh, and this offers a, a number of financial service solutions, uh, inclu including a core platform. Uh, and these solutions are built on microservices, which are, you know, for those who don't know, uh, discrete bits of code, and they sort of encapsulate uh, a, a single function. So there's a lot there, a lot really interesting going on with core and cloud banking. Uh, and, you know, why not? Every, it's everything we have in the digital banking space moving forward is going to be built on. So you might as well be there to kind of catch the innovations as they come and play it as it lays, so to speak. So super exciting. Yeah, and of course we reported on the business value of microservices this week, but that'll be something we'll be looking at long-term. I mean, one of the values is that it does enable um, embedded finance. So when they create these discrete bits of code, that means they can run without um, uh, necessarily having to source other code or services. Like um, traditionally it used to be when you built a service, it was built to interact with a bigger application. These are more discrete. They don't need that bigger application. So you can pop that out and use it somewhere else. So um, it should be an interesting development as more companies build out on microservices. Well, that about covers it for this week. Thank you much, so much for joining us for the weekly wrap on the buzz. Don't forget to attend our Bake Automation Summit, which is March 1st through 2nd in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can learn more about the Bank Automation Summit at bankautomationsummit.com. For more podcast content, check out bankautomationnews.com and search the buzz from Bank Automation News on iTunes and Spotify. Mm -hmm.